41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do. They move around just like this. But do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? Hello, and welcome back to Lenny and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. It's great to see you again. Uh, how are you doing, Kinley? I'm doing well. I'm having a great time so far. How about you? I'm doing great. That's Today good. at the library, a random man gave me a hug. Is that right? It was small and covered in foil, and it was made of chocolate. <laughs> so we're on... Uh, we're talking about songs of Leonard Cohen. I believed you. <laughs> <laughs> it was true. All right. <laughs> it really was true. That happened. Um, but uh, we're talking about songs of Leonard Cohen. That's Leonard Cohen's first album. Mm-hmm. We've already gushed a lot about how amazing it was, is, how incredible it is God. that uh, a man's just going to come out of nowhere with this masterpiece. The debut. Debut. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That extra 10 years of living before starting a music career. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it helps, folks. Yeah. You shouldn't only listen to 20-year-olds. Yeah. And you you don't have to worry if um you get started late in the game. Yeah. Because if anything, it might be uh, an asset. That's true. That's a good lesson. I th- Yeah, Thank it you. absolutely is. Uh, so we're going to try out a little segment. It might last, it might not. Before we get back into the tracks, um, I just wanted to call our attention to a specific review. Um, I'm going to try to find an interesting review of the album each time. Um, And this time we have Arthur Schmidt's review from the Rolling Stone. Okay. You may have heard of Rolling Stone. (laughs) It's a little music magazine that uh, is getting a lot of traction these days. (laughs) I thought you were going to say you may have heard of Arthur Schmidt. (laughs) <laughs> maybe no, you have no certainly i haven't yeah um and for good reason because arthur schmidt chose to use his 500 words in rolling stone or however long it is to say there are three brilliant songs one good one three qualified bummers and three are the flaming shits oh my god no way <laughs> yeah damn i wonder if he stood by that can we in, can we get him on years. the podcast? <laughs> can we yeah. can we ask him? <laughs> if he's alive, we can try. <laughs> Annoyingly, he doesn't delineate oh. which those are completely. The good one, the the brilliant ones are Suzanne Master Song and the Stranger Song. So fair okay. enough. Yeah. Uh, not clear what the good one is. I think that Teachers and So Long Marianne are two of the three qualified bummers. Oh. <gasps> And the only one of the flaming shits that I can say with certainty is one of us cannot be wrong. I mean, none of these are flaming shits. So (laughs) something's off here. I mean, I know this is sort of guesswork on your part, but like, damn. Maybe it's for the best. No, he definitely doesn't like one of us cannot be wrong. That was that was made clear. That was the only one he really singled out to be like, what is happening here? I don't know why. He didn't. He just didn't like. He would be. He quote a lyric and he'd say it's bad. I'm like, okay. 
Oh my god, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I mean, Arthur. Wait, was it Arthur? Yeah. Okay, Ar- Arthur. Arthur Schmidt. One interesting quote he had uh, talking about Leonard Cohen's voice. It is a strange voice. He hits every note, but between each note, he recedes to an atonal place. That that was sort of neat. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I never quite understood this because isn't there, maybe I'm completely off base here. You can provide a a more um, (laughs) nuanced perspective on this, but isn't it sort of known, not known, but like people would say like that Laird Cohen was like not, a good singer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just cause I mean, what we talked about on the last episode, he doesn't have a lot of range or technique. Yeah. Yeah. He's using what he's got very effectively, obviously. Yeah. So what does good singer mean? It, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an open question. Is Leonard Cohen good at music? We don't really know. <laughs> it depends how you look at it more, more to the point. I guess. Yeah. Um, I think I think you and I certainly have our opinions on the matter. Or I think maybe, he. Well, I don't know. I think he makes oh. great art, but I don't know if. I mean, yeah, it just depends how you look at it. Uh, by, yeah. a, by a lot of common metrics, you you wouldn't find it very difficult to make an argument that he's not particularly good at music. Damn. But maybe we'll. we'll you might be missing the point if you did <laughs> <yeah>. so. <laughs> and maybe that's something that that will um, be easier to get into as we go along the the catalog, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I guess we'll get right into side two. Yes, let's. That brings us to track six on the album. So Long, Marianne. That's oh, an- another biggie. Wonderful. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Love this song. Cool. I, Because I, um, it's weird, right? Because, okay, so it was Suzanne... So Long Marianne and Teachers that were the three main songs that I knew from this album and that I had listened to the most really and the other songs I had to sort of become more acquainted with for the podcast and for whatever reason I hadn't listened to So Long Marianne in in quite a while and then in preparation listened to it I was like what am I why have I been keeping this out of the rotation because just for me it's the music of it it's just so I kept wanting to call it joyful but it's Mm. not joyful exactly and really the conclusion maybe is that like if it could be boiled down to a word it's bittersweet but for me what i felt was the most accurate was like the sound of it is is the quotation of don't cry because it's over smile because it happened (laughs) yeah that's how i feel about it yeah that's that's legit yeah 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 love love this cool yeah i um I was actually having a bit of uh, almost an existential crisis over here because. Uh, Tell me. Um, I mean, I was, you know, I was very familiar with this album, obviously, but I was listening to it again in preparation for recording this podcast. And I was finding this is a weird comparison, but I was finding that most of the rest of the songs were like The Simpsons, where I can just watch <laughs> it a million times and yeah. I never get tired of it. And this song, I'm sorry to say, I was finding it was like Futurama. Where I just, <laughs> I rung too much out of it in high school. Oh, okay. And there was nothing left in it for me to get uh, from it. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I could still appreciate it. Yeah. But I just wasn't having any kind of connection with it anymore. Mm. Just kind of a bummer. Um, but then 
I just happened upon this morning, actually happened upon Corny Barnett's cover from her MTV Unplugged. Yes, I gave that. Uh, and I watched well. that because um, there's a video of her recording. You can see it on YouTube.com. Uh, and wow, I, it, it opened it up again for me completely. Oh, great. It was okay, cool. Hugely emotional experience. I mean, part of that is just she really is bringing. I think she must have been going through it at the time or she has gone through it and can summon that for her singing. I, I thought it was really something else. Yeah. One of, one of her verses near the end, it like, there was really like a power in her voice. I was like, Oh damn. Yeah. It was quite something. Yeah. Um, I also like that because she's Australian, she says laugh. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, nice. And, and for me, I, I do love, um, there's there's something I really do love about uh, a lesbian covering a a, a Leonard Cohen song mm. as a as a lesbian myself. I really appreciate <laughs> uh, that energy. I think oh, yeah. it's, it fits very well. Oh yeah, I think th- yeah yeah. Maybe we can make a whole playlist. Ooh. Lesbians covering Leonard Cohen. <gasps> How many could there be? I don't know. I got to get on that. I got <laughs> yeah, to roll out some covers. <laughs> Stat. Um, uh, okay, but interesting though. I what I will say is because I do, I do love the song a lot. For me, lyrically, this isn't my favorite. Yeah, I think that's part of what I was coming up right. against. Yeah, but I was I don't know. It's weird. I was sort of more able to see the how the lyrics all tied together in this Courtney Burnett version. Oh, okay, cool. Than I was getting from listening to the original. Oh, isn't um, that interesting? Because like each verse. It's like a little look at a different aspect of this relationship. But I realized that the arc of the whole thing is that you meet someone that uh, you love and you find great comfort with them. Mm -hmm. And you might settle down a little bit, but eventually you feel the need to move on, which is just, uh, I mean, that's just like a lesson that everybody has to learn when they're young. Yeah. Of just, Sometimes you got to quit the love and move on and it yeah. sucks. Yeah. And this is a song about that. And there actually aren't that many songs specifically about that, that I can think of. And so it's really nice in that way. And then it's just the chorus is, I was chorus just, just sums it all up. I was just going to say it's simple. It's to the point. It's exactly what it needs to be. So long, Marianne. It's time that we began to laugh and cry and cry and laugh about it all again. Yeah, yeah, that's all you can beautiful. do. Perfect. Yeah. And um, I like that the last verse, um, it seems to be saying, uh, it says, oh, you are really such a pretty one. I see you've gone and changed your name again. And just when I climbed this whole mountainside to wash my eyelids in the rain, I see that as like climbing the mountainside to wash my eyelids in the rain. is like you're doing all this mental work of moving on and getting over someone in a relationship and then you look back and when he says i see you've gone and changed your name again i think i see it just, like you're seeing just yet another aspect of this person that you hadn't seen before yes and it just makes you fall in love all over again and he's yeah. kind of just being like ah come on mary yeah <laughs> i'm just trying to get away here yeah so true. Uh, and so that's a great last verse but then it still there's another chorus after that so the the speaker of this song is sticking with their convictions yeah. And it's going to move on and say so long. And there's nothing we can do but laugh and cry about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's something. Yeah. But 
for for me, and it's funny because we were just, and this wasn't intentional, but at the beginning when we were talking about, you know, Larry Cohen's music and like whether he like made good music, this is one that for me, like what works for me about the song is just the music really sweeps me away. The music mm-hmm. itself, like I can just lie back, not putting a lot of attention, but like just hear having it like flow through my ears to my brain is just like, yeah. When it, it just, comes into that chorus and, uh, and these backup vocals oh, on the chorus. Oh, you better believe I have a note about the backup <laughs> vocals. Cause, cause they are so good. They make it. That first chorus is like nothing compared to the other choruses. I, I have attached and you sort of touched on this actually in, in the first, um, in our first part about the album. But I, I asked, is is Leonard Cohen um, the best artist in terms of the utilization of background singers, or at least one of them? Up there, yeah. Yeah. Probably there's got to be some like gospel music. That, uh, sure. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this song especially, oh my God. Yeah. Per- beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the most normal song on this album in a way. Yeah, totally. First chorus, you know. Um, so it's actually sort of weird that there aren't more um covers at the time the way mm. like we talked about judy collins doing suzanne right and she did uh, a few of his songs and uh, some other people did some of his songs too and this one seems like such a good candidate but i looked it up and there aren't really there just wasn't very much from the 60s and 70s and mm. the names were not names that i knew off the top of my head who had done them yeah um so it's all about recent covers for this one <laughs> yeah Barnett, thank you yeah thank you uh, courtney one little story about this song. Go on. My girlfriend said I ruined the song for her by saying what I'm about to say. Oh, oh okay. Uh, I can't wait. So <laughs> cover your ears, everybody, if, if you're impressionable. And yet I am doomed to hear whatever you're about to say <laughs> and tarnish my view of this song forever. Um, so back when I was in high school and I loved Wes Anderson movies. I mean, I still do mostly, uh-huh. um, but I did then too. Uh, and back then he was still in like his old pop music, a soundtrack phase. Yes. This was probably like between Darjean Limited and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. And I just really wanted So Long Marianne to be soundtracking a scene in a Wes Anderson movie. Oh yeah. Specifically, I wanted him to <laughs> do it. This is also when he was doing purely dysfunctional families as subject matter. Yeah. And there's this old... Uh, science fiction book written for kids by Robert Heinlein called The Rolling Stones. Right. So we're already in Wes Anderson's territory. <laughs> yeah. But it has nothing to do with the band. It's because it's a family called the Stone Family. And they go around the solar system getting into mischief. There's two teenage twin boys, both redheads. Uh-huh. And they're like just little teenage wheeling, dealing, business dealer kids. Yeah. And they got a serious dad and they got a sassy grandma and they got a doctor and kind hearted mom and a teenage girl's sister who's into clothes and whatever. <laughs> yeah. They got the whole family together. They get into all kinds of mischief. At one point, the twins are arrested for, I don't know, selling bicycles without a license or some bullshit. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I just was reading the book and I talks about them coming into the courtroom and I just had such an image in my mind of them slow motion they're yeah. walking down the aisle of the courtroom it kicks into gear in slow motion and so long marianne the chorus just comes in and oh I was my like, god that's this is great. perfect <laughs> and i wanted to write wes anderson a letter and tell him you should or send him the book and be like you should make it but uh 
Yeah. I don't know his address. Anyway, I don't think that ruins the song. No, I don't either. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. it didn't for any of you. I mean, par- partly because like, I mean, I, I didn't know about the specifics of like that scene, but we've talked about that book and, and you like wanting that to be made by Wes Anderson quite a few times. So like, I'm more, I think more used to the idea. This is the hill. And I think, I think that would work like to your credit. I think I could oh, see yeah, that. I could sure. see. Yeah. yeah. But he also doesn't use like just pop songs anymore. He's, he's over that. Is he? Pretty much. Oh, yeah. does he? He just does he have someone? There's do like the score? one in Isle of Dogs. Oh, oh yeah. I guess. He uses like weirder songs, like, I mean, like old, Mr. like weird classical stuff, and like oh, yeah, true. Fantastic Mr. Fox though definitely had a bunch of pop songs. Girl, that was like 13 years ago. No, 14. <gasps> oh, oh my god. Okay then. Moving Let's move on. on. <laughs> hey, that's no way to say goodbye to 2009. Hey. What a year for film. Yes. And what a song to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just right off the bat, I want to say, and I bet you have the same note in your notes. Is there a better purely musical moment than when those backup vocals come in on the third verse? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 Lovely. I actually didn't have that note, but I I was, I I think I probably didn't have the note just because it was so ingrained in my (laughs) head that I knew I didn't need to have it written down. Yeah. That's uh, Nancy Pretty, by the way. We should uh, shout her out. Oh, please do. Yeah. That's all. That's her name. That's her name. Shout out to Nancy Nancy Pretty. Pretty. Not Pretty. Pretty. Did Um, I say Pretty? No, I I thought I might have said it by accident. Um, Shout out to you, girl. You rule. Yeah. Also, it's like this is a song that obviously takes place in the early morning, and I just feel like her voice is almost like a little, a little Ooh. nice little bird coming at the window. Oh, saying hello, or Ch- like chirping. That's a little chirpy song. Before you said that, I was thinking like the early, the early rays of sunshine mm. peeking through as well. But yeah, the bird that that's suitable. I yeah, like that. there's actually a whole subgenre of uh, folk singers waking up songs which i think really? is, is that we should make a playlist of this too um, oh we got so many playlists off the top on. of my head chelsea morning by Joni mitchell uh-huh and uh morning song by jackie washington are two great ones oh and this is uh this might have been the one that started them all folks yeah it's great uh it's the best one it's my favorite one um i like how it is just you know waking up in a bedroom in the morning but then he just because it's leonard cohen brings in this super widescreen ancestral perspective uh when he just suddenly turns and says many loved before us i know that we are not new in city and in forest they smiled like me and you it's just like okay yeah <laughs> yeah gorgeous i actually had the this the um the second verse as oh nope that's not the second verse no it is no it's not wait Nope, it's not. <laughs> but that is, I, I was almost going to have that as a point because, yeah, that is really excellent um, lyricism right there. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which verse is which, that's my one quibble with this song is that he just repeats the first verse mm, pretty much. Yeah. But even when he changed it up, he just takes the line from the second verse. Yeah. Um, which is okay, but. You could have you could have said something new. Well, there are a couple other points where that happens on the album. I mean, there's a isn't there a song later where like four verses are repeated completely again? Well, that up? there's like refrains and like in Stranger Song, um, the 
Actually, you might be thinking of the Stranger Song. I think the first three or four then come back. I at am the thinking end. of yeah, I am. Yeah. But there's so many verses in that that it's yeah, it's, it's not the same thing. It's it, that's like the folk song thing where like when the verse first verse comes around again, it's been so long that it it feels different. Whereas this, it hasn't been long enough. No, I, I mean, you're you're sort of right, but I, I realize I I'm getting ahead of myself, and I am thinking I'm thinking of storeroom. Oh, okay, way ahead of yourself. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. <laughs> Forty <laughs> <Sorry>. years. <ago. laughs> um. Anyway, sorry. Where were we? Uh, hey, that's no, that's way, no to way to say goodbye. goodbye. I love the vocal melody on this one. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I, I have a note, and I'm just gonna say it verbatim. Excellent use of mouth harp. Can't explain it. It just works. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> It's uh the best jaw harp I've ever heard on a record, maybe. I can't think of many. They're examples. usually just you they just play one note and it's just to add the sound. That's it, you know? Like it's, oh, is that it's not right? actually like to be an instrument. Like that's how it's usually used. You, At you, least by like, you know, like pop and like indie whatever artists. Well, you know what's weird? To tie it in with an earlier point, the only like other media example of mouth harp that comes immediately to mind Fantastic is from Mr. Fox. yes yeah were you thinking that too <laughs> yeah yeah it's and I think I know what scene is too it's when he's fighting with the 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 rat the Willem Dafoe rat oh I was thinking when they're uh, sitting around the campfire and uh, it's like uh, Jarvis Cocker oh, singing that, that song too yeah I think there are a couple because uh, because the the one I mentioned I think is it's score rather than um right, diegetic right, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But uh, here it's like actually, you know, a musical instrument. <laughs> so whoever's playing this is doing a great job. And it sounds awesome. A, it's kaleidoscope, such a cool choice. Man. Yeah. Fucking kaleidoscope. Um, and my, my only other note about this was just, Ned, what's no way to say goodbye? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I just, that's the question I have. Oh, just, well, I was thinking this comes right after So Long, Marianne. Uh-huh. That's no way to say goodbye, maybe. Mm. Yeah, good point. I've got a jaw harp on the on the shelf just behind you there. But, I actually uh, noticed that when we were yeah, I, I can't up. play it. It's uh and I thought it was just uh, something wrong with me and I just couldn't do it. But I looked it up and apparently it's just like um companies sell these god awful oh, terrible that harps right? that um that they're you they can be played, but they uh are very difficult to learn on. Um, and I was blown away in my research, both by the kinds of harps that are available that come from like India and Mongolia and stuff. Uh They're beautiful. And also, uh, how good people can be at that instrument. It's crazy. You should look up some YouTube videos of professional or (laughs) I don't know if they're professional, (laughs) uh, (laughs) expert jaw harpers. Do you, oh, you're not on Instagram, but there, there's an, uh, there may be people who are listening who, who know, or if not, I highly recommend you follow dust to digital. It's a great, um, music. Sorry. This is a bit of a tangent. It's not to do with Leonard Cohen, but it's, it's just basically just musicians, like just snippets of musicians from all over the world playing varied instruments, often uh, instruments that maybe um, at least like Westerners are not like super used to. Um, but the, it's really eclectic. You have a whole range of um, of, of stuff. And it's uh, yeah, it's a really it's a really great account because it's just a daily dose of music that you may not just expect to hear in your day to day life. Nice. It's really great. We Dust all need to, more Dust to digital that. on Instagram. We need more of a. Uh... Just uh, trying out something new. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, my only last point about this song mm-hmm. is once uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about first dance songs for a potential wedding, and we both love Leonard Cohen uh, more than we both love any individual artist. Uh-huh. Um, so we were trying to think of a Leonard Cohen song. And we, it was t- tough. <laughs> this was the closest we got, but I don't know. What do you, would it work? Uh, listen, <laughs> if this first dance, you said? Yeah. I mean, I, I would probably cry. Uh. I think that's, I think that's, um, the mark of whether it works or not. Is it? Uh, I mean, sort of. Well, I mean, no, what ultimately like what is, is if you feel good, like, dancing to it and you're with someone you're like yeah this is the person who i was meant to spend my life with oh well we'll keep thinking about it yeah i keep thinking about it but that is uh, that is a good one and now we'll get to stories of the street unless you had something more to say i i do not okay stories of the street yep so this is this is crazy we have Uh, (laughs) gone through seven tracks this is track eight this is the first one that doesn't feel to me like just an absolute bonafide undeniable classic i would agree with that um which just says so much about how great this album is yes um but that's not to put this song down too much definitely not i think it's cool yeah um it's got leonard looking out his window and thinking about stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's what this song is yeah um well honest i mean my first note about this is just I, i this one just intrigued me because i i was wondering because this one seems to be more that he he's singing about things like specific things more in particular. I was wondering if there's like a context that you know of or, or not. No, I always no. just assumed it was just uh, literally stories of the street. Like, right. This is just stuff that's going on around, right around him. Um, in when in, 1967, eight. Yeah. This came out at the very end of 1967. Okay. I don't know when he wrote this song, but around then, mm-hmm. um, he talks about in the first verse, uh, he's in this old hotel I chose. Um, Leonard obviously famously spent some time in the Chelsea hotel, Yes, but, uh, he found it kind of too hectic and too busy for him to get good work done. So after a while he left and went back to the hotel he'd first stayed in when he went to New York called the Penn terminal hotel, which he mentions in the introduction of some songs on live recordings by saying it's just as miserable as its name yeah. or something like that. Um, I feel like this is a Penn Terminal song, not a Chelsea Hotel song. Okay. Uh, I also, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny how extreme it starts off. Uh, one hand on my suicide and one hand on the rose. Oh, yeah. Um, Leonard's talked a lot about, in the early days especially, how his writing appeals to like a dramatic adolescent mindset among others mindsets, but that is one of them. Um, and lines like this really, really show that off for better or worse. But I like that. He's not afraid to make these like big bleeding heart statements. Uh huh. Um, Cause even if sometimes they might sound a little too much and they don't quite work, it's only because he's taking these risks that he can hit the heights he does in right. other places. So Good for you, Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> Take those risks. Um, something that, I mean, there are a couple examples of it throughout the album, but it, it really first came through for me on on this one where just how 
how the melody, I mean, also in combination with um, the instruments and what they're doing, but that the melody itself can really sell certain mm. lyrics or like breathe life into them. And I always find that with th- the melody of the last two lines of each verse. Mm. I really love what he does there um, along with the core. Progr- I mean, I couldn't tell you what the core progression is, but just, um, yeah, it always, it always just, every time those last two lines come through even even the ones i'm not i don't like necessarily love as much i'm always like yes in particular i think um these hunters who are shrieking now do they speak for us gives me a bit of a protest song vibe yeah um which also like the goes pretty hard the the guitar in this one gives me a little bit of a protest so it has like a protest song feeling yeah yeah it's almost um like a very weird personal cryptic Leonard Cohen version of a protest song. Like, yeah. uh, I know you've heard it's over now and war must surely come. The cities, they are broken half and the middle men are gone. It's like vaguely reminiscent of like a Bob Dylan mm-hmm. song, you know, mm-hmm. but, but in it's got its own spin on it. Yeah. But I love the cities. They're broken half and the middle men are gone. Like they just, they just fell down. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're out of here. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed in this, uh, Leonard Cohen can absolutely crush a simile. I think we'll really get into this with bird on a wire next week. But, uh, even here, um, in the verse about the baby being born. Yeah. Uh, now the infant with his cord is hauled in like a kite. It's like, whoa. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah. The, Uh, The fourth verse is actually probably my favorite one overall in this one yeah well and then it goes on like yes one eye filled with blueprints and one eye filled with night yeah it's damn. Like, whoa what is this baby i know yeah the well because that whole is the beginning so the beginning of this verse is the age of lust is giving birth but both parents ask the nurse to tell them fairy tales on both sides of the glass um i don't know this to me because like i really love like i love mythology and especially like origin myth and there's something that like has a bit of like a myth feel to it and yeah. like i just dig that i dig that like feeling well definitely this baby is like uh i mean i don't want to say the antichrist necessarily but like right. one hand on the blueprints and or is it hand or eye uh, eye one eye is <laughs> one eye on the blueprints and one eye on the night that's like when i filled with blueprints okay and when i filled with night when i filled with blueprints and when i filled with night it's pretty ominous yeah yeah I don't know what this baby's got planned for that. No. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I will fall into the crack of the city opening up Along with all before those that men. happens. Yeah. Mm. I'm a middleman, basically. <laughs> there's Leonard Cohen, and then there's you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am in the middle. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, what else? I like the organ or electric piano or whatever it is. Uh-huh that comes up in one of the middle verses. It's really quirky and it's fun. I don't know why no one else plays organ like this. Mm. It's just kind of like doodling around. Right. But yeah, good work, Kaleidoscope. Good work, Kaleidoscope. You're really, yeah, you're really killing it. But Shout out to Kaleidoscope. I think that's all I got to say about Stories of the Street. Me it's too. good. It's definitely <laughs> bottom of my ranking on this album, I, which is like, I feel bad saying it because I, I think it is good, but... Yeah, I know. I but I completely agree with you. That, that just shows how good the other ones are. This purely technically speaking is probably my least favorite song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now we jump right back up. 
Oh, do we ever. <laughs> oh, God. We got teachers. I, I love this song. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. Uh, yeah, I, I really love this one. This actually, I think besides, you know, the sort of cultural knowledge around Leonard Cohen of like hallelujah and that I think this was I think this was the song that got me into Leonard Cohen oh yeah nice. and it has not uh failed me in all this time all these years listening to it it is great yeah uh, just the, fe- the the feeling that's created in this song it just feels so um it feels so desperate mm, yeah I've got, I mean, I've got, I have a note, I have a note that just says the lyrics, period. (laughs) I have a note that says that lead guitar, exclamation mark. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh. Boy, we really, yeah, we just, both of us just cut to it. Yeah, that's, uh, it's so uh, moody and. Yeah. This is kind of like a, the first instance of a really specific mode of Leonard Cohen, which you might call like goth Cohen. Ooh. Um, Yeah. It's super like dark and ominous. Uh, it doesn't have in, any of that like romanticism that he normally has. Right. It's just straight to the bone. Yeah. Scary. Ch- child, you are a bone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there's like a straight line from songs like this to Nick Cave. Oh, okay. Who, that uh, makes sense. I don't know if he's covered this one. He might have, but he's covered Avalanche, which is my other entry into the goth Cohen. Oh, uh, right. catalog and he's covered a few others and we'll definitely be talking about him one day yes um but yeah teachers yeah what what, what have you to yeah um i was just thinking how it's a very young man's song because it assumes that everybody that he meets is just only exists for him like they're, oh, they might be good or they might be bad, but they don't, <laughs> they don't have anything of their own. Yeah. That's they're such just a here to point. teach him. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Sometimes the introductions he gives in live performances are useful for understanding the songs. Oh, okay. And for this one, at least in what I was listening to the live, uh, the BBC tapes. Yeah. And he just says, uh, this song is about all the teachers I've had. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Leonard. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> the, th- the thing is, there there have been occasionally times that I- I've just recalled a verse to be heard and to go, yep, that's good. Literally, I want to say in my notes, I have the third, sixth, seventh, ninth, eleventh, and thirteenth verse. <laughs> so we're not going to do all that. Pick but- your favorite one. Uh, okay. If you have stuff to talk about, let me, let me search through here. Um, well, so I didn't say anything about this on so long, Marianne, because I felt like I was already being a little, a little harsh on what's a great song. Um, but in that song, I find his voice is a little bit straining at the top of his possibilities. Uh huh. Um, I don't think it ever tips over to being bad, but you definitely get a sense of like, we're, we're close here. Yeah, <laughs> like he, right. He's working hard. Um, and I don't know that that song really benefits from it, really. However, on this song, you get that same sort of sense of straining. But, oh boy, is it relevant. 100%. Like, it just sounds so desperate and searching. I, wa- and, ugh, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that's the direction you were going in, but I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we, we agree on that one. Yeah, I really, like, um, admire his willingness to sound less than perfect for the sake of the song. Like, I think that's one of the marks of a really great artist in music. Right. It's like, it's not necessarily about sounding 
as good as you can. It's about sounding right to get the point of the song across. And like, wow, he does that here. Right. <laughs> so good. Um, this is uh, this is tough, and I'm not going to feel satisfied with with declaring this as a favorite. I'll just say this is one that like. <laughs> This is the one I'm picking for now. Um, is uh, I spent my hatred every place on every work on every face. Someone gave me wishes, and I wished for an embrace. Yeah, spent my hatred is yeah. That's did I not say that? No, I'm just saying that's oh, great. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, I actually had a note in a previous song, but I forgot to mention it. But do do you know about cute aggression? Ned? Uh, I don't think I do. It's a sort of, it's a, it's a sensation people talk about with like, you know, with pets where like, if, if there's like a really cute kitten, you're like, Oh, I just want to like <laughs> squeeze your head. Okay. Yeah. It's like the feeling I get from some Laird Cohen lyrics where I'm just like, I get like this mm. feeling of like, Oh my God. It's uh, like, sometimes, um, I'll be listening to a song and if I'm walking and listening to something, uh, a verse will end and I'll just, I'll make it almost always this sound. I'll go oh <laughs> it's just i have to like vocalize my pleasure but this sort of like this hint in the back of like anger that i mm. don't know that i will ever be able to create anything or harness language in the way that he can yeah or even that you necessarily won't even be able to fully understand what he's Abs- doing <laughs> absolutely uh yeah 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 it makes you moan. You got to moan. Uh, there, moan for Leonard. Uh, th- there's another question that I have about um, about the, the song, about a lyric. Because I don't... Okay, because I just need to acknowledge this as um, the resident queer of the podcast. Um, <laughs> the, the verse where he says, several girls embraced me and then I was embraced by men. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, my mind immediately goes to like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. But is that what you think? he he was channeling or do you think do you have another well i can tell you what yes sylvie simmons oh, in okay. leonard cohen's biography says uh not with direct quotes because mm-hmm. i don't have that on me That's but funny. uh basically as far as she knows as, we, as far as we know leonard cohen never had any kind of sexual relationship with a man that's what i figured however he said that he did experience sexual feelings towards men. Okay. Um, Work. He was definitely just someone <laughs> who was super open to feelings, obviously. Like, it's hard to imagine Leonard right. not at least once seeing a beautiful man and thinking, hey, well, I, th- I could I, work with that. I think that's sort of what I thought whenever I would hear the line because he does just seem like, a man who is like pretty assured and knowing that he's attracted solely to women. But, but I also think the way he writes, the way he expresses things, like I, I wouldn't put it past him to be able to like, at least explore, um, uh, uh, feelings as they come and to not like sit in judgment of them or to yeah. be like, Oh God, or to be so rigid for sure. Yeah. 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 Which is actually, we didn't really, well, we didn't at all get into, uh, Lennon's very early life. Uh huh. Um, and we we won't get into it because we don't have time right now. But it is pretty amazing if you think about. It. He was born in 1934 in a yeah. rich traditional Jewish community in mm-hmm. Montreal, Canada. He grew up in the 40s and the 50s. Like it's crazy that he's this like uh, yeah 
open-minded bohemian yeah sexy get around kind of guy like good for him yeah good for you (laughs) leonard i mean yeah he like read books and poems and everything but it does seem like it's just he just had a a mind that was going to escape his beginnings you know and was going to find something bigger yeah and not be satisfied until he'd accrued different experiences He's just that kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess we can move on to the final track. Well, actually, just the last thing I want to say about teachers um, is that I think uh, it ends very perfectly. Mm. I think the the last verses just really sums it up in a great way. Well, teachers are my lessons done. I cannot do another one. They laughed and laughed and said, well, child, are your lessons done? Are your lessons done? Are your lessons done? I just think that's really great. Indeed. It's just going to be this this ongoing struggle where it's just never over. Are your lessons done, Kinley? No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm learning every day. I'm learning on this podcast. Hey, that's true. I mean, I don't think they're the lessons that Larry Cohen's talking about. But, uh, <laughs> but yes. Well, one of us doesn't have anything more to learn, it seems. Because one of us cannot be wrong. Oh, what a segue. <laughs> yep, that's track 10. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, C- can I kick this off? Absolutely. Okay, so um, as I said, there were there were a few songs I knew from this album before uh, preparing for the podcast. So those are songs I've listened to a lot throughout, I don't know, for the past 10 or so years. This one has been the one that that in preparation for this, I've listened to the most. And I, you know, the idea of this, this podcast is I come, Ned, Ned has um, the context uh, for me and whatnot. So I, I try to come in purely with my own feelings on the music, on the lyrics. This is one where um, I did cheat a little <laughs> because I had such a specific idea in my head about like what this song was. And so I was looking, so in the listening, there will be usually the second or third listen where I listen to the album with the lyrics in front of me and with genius open, it had, it had a little section and I did, there's more of it and I didn't read the whole thing, but I read enough of it. And I, I was like, kind and like, I was like, Oh, I was like kind of wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what this song's about. I don't know do, what genius Do, do you want to hear what this says? Well, I want to hear what you thought. You want to hear what I thought first? Sure. Okay. So what I thought first was <laughs> the image in my mind was the yearning for a past relationship that was maybe um, unhealthy or toxic. Mm. That's what I got from it. Um, and we can get more into the specifics of that in a minute. Here's what the genius annotation says. Again, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says the song was inspired by Nico. Sylvie Simmons sums up the song as follows. One of us cannot be wrong. Leonard's Riley humorous song inspired by Nico about a man battered, but unbroken by lust. Now for, for me seeing the words Riley humorous, I'm like, Oh my God, I never would have stopped to think that there was like humor in this song. Mm. But then I read that. And then that's all I could here true he's just because it's leonard cohen he's got such gravitas and he's so like the music is just very serious i never would have like 
sort of sort of shifted my perspective to like try and find humor in something, even though there are definitely some some lines and like the way it's sort of put together. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was the I suppose that he froze when the wind took your clothes is almost like the <laughs> Moses supposes that his toes <laughs> are roses. It's so true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's um it's been pointed out the um verse about the showing my heart to the doctor. He said, I just have to quit. Then he wrote himself a prescription and your name was mentioned in it. Uh-huh. Is very similar to a bit of Bob Dylan's Leonard Skin Pillbox hat. Oh. Which is a very like uh obviously humorous song. Oh, okay. Um, and it talks about a doctor who's saying it's you can't be with her, that's bad for your health. And right. then he comes and finds them doing it in his garage or something. Yeah. You forgot to close the garage door, I think he says. Okay. Uh I don't want to make too much of that necessarily. Although I think in the future at certain points, we will have a lot to talk about, um, about Dylan and Cohen's influence of each other. And I'm really excited to get there, but here I think, uh, it might just be a coincidence, honestly. Um, Leonard Cohen did, uh, at one point tell his poet friends in Montreal when they were listening to a Bob Dylan record that he was going to be the Canadian Bob Dylan. Oh, really? Uh, But still, I don't feel it this is like a direct reference or a purposeful reference or anything. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think you and genius are both right. Okay. <laughs> so what, so what feeling would you get from the song? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's one where I'm happy to just listen to it really and go along. It's another one where the melody is like half hidden by how casual he sings. Uh huh. But it's so good. I'm a real, I'm a sucker for uh, when the last note of a melody gets real low all of a sudden. I <laughs> that always just turns me on, and so I love. <laughs> um, I can't get enough of when he says uh, his practice is all in a ruin. Yeah, and also when he says drool. Yeah, those are both just fantastic. Well, the, it, I have the same. So it's that same feeling from um, uh, the thing I was saying when we were talking about stories of the street when uh, a melody can really sell the lyrics i I feel the same way about the last two lines of of each verse in this song as well yeah they're just so every one of them and for me i i this is one of my favorite last lines of a song Mm. but you stand there so nice in your blizzard device oh please let me come into the storm yeah i I sort of latched onto that this morning too when i was listening to this again yeah um just uh i mean it's it's not particularly clever. It's like kind of obvious, but yeah. let me come into the storm instead of out of the storm. It's just yeah, such a surprise. Yeah, uh, coming at the end of that verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. Um, the producer John Simon said of the ending of this song with the shouting and the whistling uh-huh. and the recorder. He said, "What can I say? We were young, but uh, <laughs> I love meaning it." Meaning what? Meaning that it's 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 maybe not that great, but they felt like they were just going to go for it. But I really like it. I don't know if that means I'm young at heart. Maybe that's the nice way to look at it. Yeah, well, I, I like it too. I think it's really charming to close out this like really clean and dignified and like near perfect album. Yeah. With just this like nonsense. It's like really funny and it kind of yeah. casts a light back over the rest of the songs to almost make them like retroactively a little less serious. Oh yes. Which is nice. Cause I think 
a little bit of over-seriousness might be really the only possible complaint you could make about mm. this album. Not that I would, but someone might. No, me neither. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then I think just show them the last 30 seconds of One of Us cannot be wrong. Yeah. What are I, you going to say to that? I, th- I really think over-seriousness is only a problem when it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. And I, 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 I like this sort of, um, I don't know that because like the, do you say it was a recorder? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was whistling. There's whistling and recorder. Oh, okay. Because you, so you have like the whistling and the recorder that goes straight into the microphone, but you have the, the, that sort of yelling off camera off. No, that's good. I like that. <laughs> off, uh, off the microphone and like to the to a side. Yeah, it's sort of like this musical representation of like holding it together and like keeping keeping a face and then having mm. like this this sort of reckless abandon going on in the background. Yeah, that for I think sure. works for this song in particular. Yeah, it's like the subconscious. Exactly. Just coming out right at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well. That was Songs of Leonard Cohen. Yes. Mostly. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. There's a little bit more. Yes. Uh, We don't have too much more time, but um, there have been two songs released that were recorded for this album that did not make it onto the album. There are many more. Oh, yeah? But we can't hear them. Mm. Um, And this is probably the first of many times I'll mention... My Mortal Enemies on LeonardCohenForum.com, <laughs> who it's, oh. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear this. You look up Go any, on. like you hear about something that exists. Okay. Like, so for example, record labels put out collections of unreleased material when it's been 50 years since they were recorded because okay. in Europe, they lose copyright after 50 years. Yeah. So they have to put them out. What they do is they put them out on like streaming services for like two hours mm-hmm. and then take them down. And that is enough to have the copyright, which is, that's its own problem. But oh, anyway, sure. so they do, so they put out uh, all of Leonard Cohen's 1971 recordings in, at the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. I think it was. There's posts on LeonardCohenForum.com being like, wow, I got these and I ripped them from Apple Music and they're great. And then there's other people being like, hey, want to share them? Yeah. And they're like, no. Oh my God. No, I, I, I don't. Oh my God. I hate it. Some of them say that Larry Cohen didn't want all his extra material out there, which okay, maybe, but then you shouldn't yeah, but have, you it have it either. It. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you have it. Yeah. What makes you special? Exactly. Oh, oh, <laughs> terrible. Sometimes even someone will come in who's clearly just like made an account to post this and they'll be like, what's wrong with you people? Why don't you want to share this music? And then someone literally responded with a YouTube link to you can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. And I was like, I hate you wow. so much. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, all we have is these two songs. <laughs> Now, were you were you fam- familiar with these ones before? Only a touch. Um, I'd listened okay. to them, but they hadn't really like um, stuck around in my brain. Uh huh. But then I listened to them again yesterday and today, and wow, I don't know why they didn't stick around in my brain. They're great. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's let's go through them one by one. <laughs> okay. Well, we can start with storeroom, which is a little less great. I will say. I agree. <laughs> um, it sounds a little more like a normal song. 
or like somebody else's song. Yeah. So it, I can see why it's not on the album. Yes, uh, for sure. Th- this one more so. It, it, to me, it has the feel of like a, a song you would hear like in a cabaret. Mm. I was thinking Doors. Oh, okay. But I also think this is uh, the most Kaleidoscope song that we've got so far. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think the the backing band is definitely the most present here. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. And it's like a, instead of just being like a dour acoustic song, it's like a fun, like jaunty, tiptoe kind of song. Yeah. It also seems kind of unfinished. It just kind of fades off at the end. But uh, But it's cool. I like it. Yeah, and, and I don't is, have much to say on it. Well, and this is what I'm talking about because literally it's eight verses and the last four are the same as the first four. Oh, true. I didn't pay enough attention. That's I what guess. I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, no, I'm wait. No, I'm wrong. No, no, I'm not wrong. No, they, <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some like kind of interesting imagery that for me, like I'm just sort of stuck on like. It's just a man taking what he needs from the storeroom. I don't really know what to get from that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just don't. No, that's fair. It doesn't really I, evoke anything I was more drawn to the, the kaleidoscope of it all. Right. Um, however, Blessed is the Memory, I think, is really a gem. This is good, yes. And this is really what makes me wish that we had a Leonard Cohen bootleg series. Um, Joni Mitchell and Neil Young have both recently started theirs. So oh. maybe we but can like, hope. But like what, like what was it true you, when people on the forums are talking, was it against his wishes? I don't know. I think, I think as far as I know, he was happy to leave it up to his heirs. Okay. I don't think he's a man who would like try to control his image too much after right. he was here. He did his thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, but I don't know what, uh what his children feel about that. Yeah. If yeah. it's his children who control it, I don't even know. I don't even So we'll just have to wait and see, I yeah. guess. But yeah, no, I, I think this is a great song. Yeah, it is. Um, it really moved me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's heavy as fuck. <laughs> for one thing, the one line that really stuck out to me, uh, as the train pulls away with its cargo of snow for these German paperweights, like that's gotta be like ashes of the Jews in the Holocaust, right? I see. I d- I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't even think that. But I think you're onto something there. Yeah. Um. Well, just to uh, come back to Sylvie Simmons and her biography once more. One thing I thought was really interesting. She talked about how uh, Leonard and his friends, born in 1934, so they're like 11 when World War II ends. Yeah. And she talks about them all like hearing all this talk about building some great new world now that evil has been defeated finally Uh forever. Yes. And then instead they got like the fifties and like shopping malls and yeah. Mad men. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They got mad men. (laughs) Uh, And just that this was like uh, such a disillusionment that kind of just stuck around his whole life. Right. Um, Which I thought was really interesting. And there are definitely other points uh, throughout his career. And in his poetry where he's going to make Holocaust references. Um, And of course, he's Jewish, too. So these are always really weighted. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a good song. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, to tell you the truth, with with, even with this one, which I do, I do like more than Storeroom. I I don't have like a lot to say about them. And I do think it, it it probably was for the best that they didn't 
make it onto the album. I don't really know where this one would have fit in. That's I don't fair. know if you have a, a feeling about that. No, I th- uh, yeah, I wouldn't change the album necessarily. Right. Um, but I do love this song on its own merit. And right. The, and I would love to hear the rest of the songs that were recorded. Yeah. Because there's like 10 or so uh, songs that didn't make it on the album that were recorded during this process. Wow. So like. Fingers crossed. What's out there? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll Maybe. get to do an episode on. Leonard Cohen's bootleg series, volume one. Yes. The early years. That'd be great. <laughs> Buckskin boys. <laughs> oh, yes. We can help. Oh my God. Well, that's the album. Um, we have one little uh, last segment of this show that we do, but it's going to be pretty obvious this time. We like to pick whether the album we've just talked about is in the top half of Leonard Cohen's albums quality wise or whether it's in the bottom half. The idea being that one day, hopefully this is going to result <laughs> in some difficult decisions. Um, especially for Kinley who will be going blind. Yes. Uh, not having heard most of the rest of the albums. Uh huh. However, in this case, I think I can uh, take a pretty good guess at how you're going to answer this one. I mean, it, it's gotta be top half, right? Like I, I could, I, I would be amazed yeah. I mean, not to not to say I'm not expecting further greatness from Leonard Cohen, but this this album is just it, it's stunning. Yeah. It is a remarkable start to I think I said this maybe earlier in this episode in the previous one, but just as a start to a musical career, it is phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I would be stunned if even by the end I wouldn't uh, put this in the in the top half. I just think it probably belongs there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. Great. It's a great album. It's one of the best. It it, it really is. We love it. Yeah. God, it's gorgeous. 10 and out of 10. What, a, what? I mean, what a way to start this podcast. <laughs> yep. Indeed. Yeah. It's all it. downhill. <laughs> I was thinking that. I actually made that as a note and I forgot yeah. to say it. But, no, um, I, 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 I will go on record saying i do not believe that no i don't believe this is that. top half this is not number one no if if anything this just it it really just stokes the fires of yeah. my excitement to yeah. hear what else old lenny coco has in store for <laughs> us yeah we've got many good things ahead i can't wait but for now we have to say good night yes we do so thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you soon thank you so much everyone have a good night bye bye take care Do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Good night, friends. Thank you very much.